0: church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today.
1: I'm Dennis Hall, and I am delighted that you are listening to this podcast today, and I'm even more excited about having back again Pastor George Worley, Pastor of New Creation Restoration Church and Prison Ministry in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome back, Pastor George.
0: Well, yeah, sure. I'm glad to be here. It's, uh, it's always a joy to, uh, uh, join with you to, uh, uh, give a message of Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. Amen. You know, uh, for our listeners, George and I are in Daytona, Florida, where the big, uh, Daytona bike week is underway. People from all over the United States and Canada are here hundreds of thousands of people. And, uh, uh, we are, uh, are down here participating in all of the festivities, and of course, what draws us to here are some of the ministry opportunities that uh, that we have here. You know, George, as I look around and see what's going on down here, uh, I, I see all kinds of excesses, excesses of, you know, and uh, smoking, and drinking, and drugs, and uh, uh, even sex activities and other things going on all around us. And I'm not picking on bikers because I think they're just a reflection of society, but it just looks like we're in the midst of all kinds of excesses. And uh, I tell you, I, uh, I'm reminded of a word that comes to my mind that a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with, and the word is hedonism. And hedonism means just an insatiable, desire or pleasure. I mean, there's you know seeking of drugs and possessions and sex and power and all the other things that can drive people to be seeking uh, uh, pleasures. And of course, the uh, uh, the paradox as I as we understand, and I think Christians understand is really the only way to really achieve happiness, is by surrendering to a power that's greater than you. Amen. You know, the word of God God tells
0: us that he's going to send us out into uh, uh, a den of thieves. Amen. Uh, And people like that. uh, So that we might be able to say something in the word of God that would uh, change their minds. Amen.
1: Amen. You know, uh, uh, if someone asks you, why do you go down to Daytona, Pastor George? Uh, I got a feeling you might say, well, the reason I go down to Daytona is so I can spread the good news. Absolutely. And and we hear Christians say that a lot, don't we? The good news. But what is the good news?
0: The good news is the gospel, the word of God, no matter how, how you present it. Long as you're presenting in love to individuals, it touches their lives. You know, I uh, I have so many opportunities in a place like this and many other places, not only this one, but uh, I would have to probably say uh, this is my second favorite place to uh, spread the gospel. You know, I, try, I travel 700, or 800 miles or whatever it is to get here. From Indiana, uh, just so that I can carry a big cross,
1: right, and use big words. Yeah, you know, um, the truth is, when we talk about the good news, and we are talking about the gospel, and uh, of course, uh, when we go to our scripture, you know, the, the 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 first individuals who told us about the good news were the disciples and the apostles of Jesus and their writings that are right there in the new Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they were basically telling us about the life of Jesus. You know, I met in the, in the campground where you and I reside right now, a young woman, I say young, she was probably at least 50 years old, but she was telling me that, um, that, uh, you know, first, first of all, she really wasn't, uh, a Christian, I don't think, but, uh, you know, in speaking to her, she had lots of questions to ask me about the, the Christian faith. And I ended up, by the end of our conversation, I said to her, I would like you to get a Bible that's easy to read and uh, and look and read the book of John because it will give you a full appreciation of the life of Jesus Christ. And that's really the good news is the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah.
0: That is, that is, that is so true. Uh, for those of us that know how good Jesus is and how good the word is, uh, you know, the hardest thing we have is living exactly as the word says. Sure. But, uh, when it all comes right down to it, when you begin sharing the gospel and the good news, uh, things begin to happen that's totally out of your control because God steps in. That's right. And all he's looking for is is an available vessel, an available person that will uh, get out of their comfort zone and go to a place like this or even to their neighbor
1: right, and uh, just say, hey, you know,
0: Jesus loves you.
1: That's right. That's right, and that's a lot of times where, it's, you know, John tells us uh, in 1 uh, John 29, and he tells us that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Uh, yeah, I got a feeling that the majority of people out there who may be leading lifestyles that would be not pleasing to Jesus and God uh, realize that, they're, that they are indeed carrying the weight of the world and of course, we have the apostles uh, talking to us through the scripture about how uh, how Jesus how Jesus takes away the sins of the world. Absolutely, yeah. I mean,
0: without uh, without the love of God coming into our lives, you know, I can uh, almost visualize. You know, you hear people say, oh, close your eyes and try to remember. I don't have to close my eyes because I remember what life was like prior to Jesus coming into my life. Right? You know, it was 30 years plus uh, ago that I accepted Jesus. But I remember those days. And do I ever want to go back there? Absolutely not. Yeah. But somebody presented the word of God to me. Yeah. And it came real in my life.
1: That's right. And, you know, through our faith in Jesus Christ, uh, we are reconciled to God and and brought near and close to him in fellowship. And, you know, uh, Paul tells us in Romans 5:1, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ our Lord has done for us. So Amen. we get back to the Son of God jesus christ amen and uh he goes on in romans 8 14 and 17 and and says everyone who believes in the gospel and submits to its demands receives new life in jesus christ and that we're adopted we are adopted into god's family Amen. Uh, you know uh, uh, you and i met a guy yesterday down here in daytona who was from greece and he had a little cross on his uh, jacket, and I asked him if he was a Christian. And uh, he began to tell us uh, that he was a member of the Greek Orthodox Church and even tell us a little bit about the history of the Greek Orthodox Church. But by the end of the conversation, uh, if you remember, I gave the guy a big hug and said, you and I are brothers in Christ. That's exactly what this scripture is telling us is, is that we are adopted into God's family. And there is a fellowship with God and Jesus and other believers.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, th- that's really and truly what it is, is to build the family of God. Uh, that's why we're out here uh, sharing the love of God. Uh, the word of God uses the term in a lost and dying world. And, uh, you know, I believe that because uh, You know I was I was one of those individuals that was lost and dying and uh you know I fought you know within my soul before I found Jesus and but once I did everything changed and uh when I gave my life to Jesus uh, a woman led me to the Lord and uh she was a good girl her and her husband become my friends but uh When she told me she loved me, I uh, about fell out because, uh, you know, no one had ever really told me that that my mother never even told me she loved me. You know, and that was a hard thing when she said that, because what was going through my mind is no one has ever said that before. So if you're able and capable of sharing the, the love of God, people will listen to you.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, they. I think people can sense that uh, divine love in another person uh, very quickly, and if it's not real, uh, they will sense that also. You know, um, I think it's probably fair to say that uh, in the good news, the good news that we're talking about, the gospel that uh, that it's the greatest love story ever told. Uh, you know, what could be what could be a greater love story? then the news of the promise of eternal life in Jesus, where we read in the scripture for God so loved the world. He gave us one and only uh, son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, God did the scripture tells us God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world.
0: Amen. uh, amen.
1: And uh, so, so here we have all of these promises of uh, all of these promises of Jesus and God uh, provided to us through the scripture and the writings of the apostles in the early church. And it's just amazing. You know, uh, we had an experience here just in this studio just a few minutes ago with uh, one of the technicians that was helping us, uh, who's actually the manager of this studio that we're in, who's a believer, and he was talking about uh, sharing his faith, and I, I quoted a scripture to him from uh, 1 Peter 3.15, where it basically tells us to always be prepared to share our reason for hope, and then has an interesting phrase, and it says, when asked. You know, we can't just sh- beat the gospel down someone's throat or beat the good news down somebody's throat but when asked, when given the opportunity, when someone invites us, then we need to be prepared to share our faith in Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. You know, uh, we, we, each and every one of us has opportunities to share our faith with somebody if if we're willing because God cannot use an unwilling vessel. Right. And when we begin sharing the gospel, things begin to happen. Especially those of us that are real. Yeah. Right. You know, that, that's the number one key. You have to be real in the gospel.
1: Sure. In the word of God. Yeah. You know, sometimes I run into people who will tell me... uh will tell me that they are Christian, and uh, in, as I speak to them, uh, they basically will quote a scripture to me, which is actually Romans 10, 10, where it says, is with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved, and they quote that to me as though it doesn't matter what's happening in their life as long as they just say, I am a Christian, and uh, and that's simply enough uh, to qualify them for eternal life.
0: Yeah, it's not—it's not quite like that. And a lot of people, a lot of people quote that kind of thing. You know, that was like last night. I was downtown, and uh, here in Daytona, and this individual came, uh, and he probably wasn't even with his wife. You know, I was thinking about that earlier. Uh, and he was very intoxicated and he says uh, throws his arms around me and said hey man you're doing a great job you're doing a good work he said uh, I just want you to know I'll be at church on Sunday and I'm thinking you'll be at church on Sunday but you're going to stay intoxicated and probably not with your your wife you're probably with somebody else's wife you know Uh, and it's a
1: shame yeah Sure, it is. So, uh, the, you know, we when you read the scripture and it's entirely, you see Jesus over and over again, it was highly critical of what he called hypocrites. People, uh, perhaps like the man you're describing, who on the one hand will say he's one thing, but then on the other hand, we see something entirely different. But what Jesus wants, And what he's commanded us, who are his followers, to do, and that is he wants disciples, and he wants us to be out there making disciples, helping to call people into the fellowship with Jesus Christ. So, you know, so so what's a disciple? What is a disciple?
0: It is an individual that loves Jesus Christ and willing to do whatever it It takes. takes. To spread the gospel. Yeah. Right. A man that loves Jesus. You know, yeah. you know, I got saved 30 plus years ago, and when I did, something changed inside of me. And when it changed, it changed obviously changed for the good because God has worked in my life from that moment now. Right. And I have been I've been excited today. Uh, Thirty years later, as I was the day that I got saved, yeah. you know I'm excited to serve the Almighty God.
1: Right, exactly. And that's that's how all believers and followers should be. And I and I realize people sometimes will go through a period of time where that excitement seems to wane a little bit. But but I also believe if they if they are serious in their faith, God is going to call them back into that as, uh, uh, excitement. He He's going to find a way to discipline them back into that excitement. You know, I think one of the verses in the Bible that really sticks out when we're talking about this kind of thing is the verse in 1 John 2, 4, that says, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him scripture it says, if you, if you say, you know, you've been describing some people, you know, if you say, "Yes, I know Him, I know Jesus," but you don't keep His commandments, then the scripture itself says, "You are a liar, and the truth is not in you."
0: You know, I uh, I I'm hanging out with a guy. Uh, I, I I have I want to I want to hope and pray that. There's hundreds of people praying for him today uh, because I really want his life to change. And uh, his family wants his life to change. And him and I, their family, his family, we didn't have this conversation. But I see the need for his life to change. So we're praying for him. But he is just what you described. He He can quote the word of God. But living it is really a struggle for him.
1: Right. You know, another verse in the Bible that I think, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, we have this uh, Bible with 66 books in the Bible. and and But the, in, in all of the Bible, there are a few verses that just jump off the pages for me and I think for many other people. And, you know, one of them we find over in Revelations uh, 3.16 uh, that tells us, I know your works, and you are neither cold or hot. What that you were either uh, hot? So because you're lukewarm, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Wow. And, there, you know, there are some versions of the scripture that takes the Greek and says, you know, because you're neither hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Absolutely. That's how, that's how strongly Jesus feels about somebody who's just has, as you say, no excitement, they're lukewarm. they just kind of cruising along saying they're a Christian, but nothing about them indicates it.
0: Well, you know, people think just because they give uh, the church money that, uh, they're go- that they're okay. And they think that they can uh, support another ministry. And I realize every ministry needs some support. Financially, prayers, all that kind of stuff. I understand all that. But uh, they think
1: they're okay.
0: Right. They well, won't even talk to their neighbors about Jesus. Yeah. They
1: they don't share their faith. At they all. Rarely share their faith. Yes. And you know, you have you,
0: you know, you have two people who live next door to each other, and uh they're friends to some degree, uh, but a lot of times they'll go to the mailbox at the same time and won't even speak. And where the Christian should really be boasting about God, right? Exactly, and exactly. that's what he's talking about being
1: lukewarm. Yeah. yeah, and these same people, you see, uh, are the people when they have a problem. Only when they have a problem do they come to God. Exactly, <laughs> you know, and uh, it it seems like they almost have a philosophy that uh, that God. It's all about what God can do for me, not what I can do for God.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely me, 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 me. Uh, You know, uh, and that's, uh, you know, when you say it like that, I mean, they do wait. They wait till a tragedy happens in their life. They never pray. They never seek God. They never call out to God. Still they're in a situation where they have no other choice right
1: yeah I, I agree you know and and it seems like uh, these lukewarm Christians we're talking about uh, uh, reading the Bible on a regular basis is doesn't seem to be a part of their life and uh, if they do know a scripture they seem to want to twist it so that they can justify some of the sins that they're involved in. Well, you know,
0: justification, man, you know, that's just like the guy that I expressed at the first part of this uh, uh, message today that believes that he's okay in the lifestyle that he's leading and uh, he's going to go to heaven. And it doesn't you can't go anywhere in the Word of God. You know, I have, uh, I have, I don't want to say associate, but I have been and talked to other believers that believe a different, I don't want to say a different faith, but they believe something obviously different than I did. Because they believe all they have to do is, Say the sinner's prayer one time, and they can go out and live like hell the right. rest of their life.
1: Right. And they're going to be okay. Right. And there's nothing in the scripture that no. supports that, as you and no. I know. Nothing at all. You know, as Jesus said, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you don't, you won't. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's it's real
0: obvious you know, uh, God uh, commands us to go in the highways and byways to compel people to come in. Right. You know, Matthew chapter 28,
1: 28, 19, and 20, yeah.
0: Yeah, says you got to go out in the highways and byways. Who is he talking to when he says that? Right. Exactly. You think he's talking, you know, most of us- I'm a pastor of a church, okay? Right. So I'm. I'm out in the field doing what I know is best. And uh, I didn't have anybody in my church that said, hey, can I go in? <laughs> no. And it's sad. That's right. That's you know, right. because I teach that in my church. I teach to go out in the highways and byways. Yeah, I do things in my church to get my church people involved uh, with society outside of the building. Right. Uh, you know we have we have two events every year. One of them is at Easter time, and one of them is at fall. And uh, obviously, the fall is called the Fall Festival, and it's done right around Halloween time. And by any means that we we don't have no scary things going on or anything like that. All we're doing is sharing our faith yes, right with people outside of the church. Sure, and I get my and I get uh, my people in the church involved in that. So maybe it would give them the desire
1: to go out and do something else. Well, see, what you're talking about is what some call the holy huddle. And that is inside of churches, the people share the gospel with each other, and they call it the holy huddle, and they never (laughs) get out, where we really have people that need to hear the message, you know. Uh, the ball game, you got to get out of the huddle. The ball game is out where people really need to hear the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: And it is it is such a shame that anybody would have to use that term huddle. Right. Or the a hu- holy huddle, you know, yeah. where people do
1: that. And, yeah, I see that in a lot of places. Right. You know, when when uh, when I interact with some people that I consider to be lukewarm, you know, lukewarm Christians that Jesus was talking about, that makes him so sick to the stomach. Uh, they love to say things like "Do not judge." In other words, wait a minute. You know, I, I, I'm a Christian, and so. Nobody should judge my lifestyle because the scripture teaches us do not judge. Well, it's another complete distortion of what the scripture is trying to tell us. I can't judge someone's relationship with Jesus Christ, but I can sure observe whether there really are fruits of the spirit of that person or not. Shut up. <laughs> you're getting on You're getting uh Kicking Kicking somebody's somebody's feet
0: right out from under them this morning, Amen. Right, you You know, know, because you are right. You know, people just think that they're okay. Yeah, right, and they don't have to share the gospel. Right, but what they don't realize is somebody shared it with them. They didn't just come out of their mother's womb and decide one day they're going to be a Christian. Somebody had to share that with him. That's right. Whether it it was their mother, their father, or, you know, uh, one of the young kids in the neighborhood invited him to church or whatever it was. Somebody went
1: out of their way, you know,
0: to share the gospel with him
1: or her. Yeah. You know, I said at the beginning of our podcast uh, that what's going on down here at the Daytona Bike Week is kind of a reflection of really what's going on in our society and there's been a lot written and said about the decline of morality in, the, in America, America in particular, uh, because of the wealth that exists in this country. There's lots of temptations that exist that other places don't even exist. You know, Second Timothy 4.3.4 4 tells us the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. What a shame. (laughs) Yeah, that's the scripture. Uh, Tell us this is what's going to happen. Exactly
0: what's going to happen. And people, people aren't catching on. You know, and the biggest problem is, is they don't read the word. Right. They don't read the word beyond the salvation part. Right. Exactly. Or or beyond well, I believe in God. You know, I'd like to say that I dislike the word grace. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. Right. You wouldn't be here. Right. But the grace of God fell on us and gave us a brand new way into the kingdom of God. We didn't have to sacrifice anything. We didn't have to be sacrificed. But Jesus Christ paid the price so that you and I can be Christians today and share the gospel. And it's exactly the same for them. But so many people fall on that word grace. That's right. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't see, see that, that they, they got to do the work of God. God. Right. They say, well, I'm covered under grace.
1: Yeah. Right. I'm covered under grace. That's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Well, you know, as you and I know, I mean, Jesus throughout his ministry was telling uh, telling those that he encountered that his, his, his constant mantra was always go and sin no more. Now that we've had this encounter, you've had this encounter with the Son of God, go and sin no more. That's what he's asking us to do. And of course, throughout his ministry, he, he gave us all kinds of teachings about uh, morality. Um, I think I might have shared this with you last night or this morning where I encountered a, a woman here in Daytona who's not a practicing Christian um, recently divorced, and uh, so we began to have a lot of uh, conversation about uh, Christian faith, and one of the things she asked me, almost out of the blue, she said to me, she said, uh, uh, does this mean that as long as I'm not married, I should refrain from having sex? <laughs> and I said to her, I said, I'm not saying that but I think that's what God wants you to do I don't think God wants you to be having sex outside of your marriage Is pretty clear in the scripture and uh, she seemed to be very disappointed about that it's like I'm going to have to give this up if I'm thinking about becoming an active Christian <laughs> you know so, so, so many people feel
0: exactly the same way I mean she's not in the boat by herself You know, uh, and there's a lot of people that don't become a Christian because of the things that they feel like they have to give up. There's one thing I can promise you. You do not have to give up nothing at all. That's right. Just believe in Jesus Christ and everything in your life will change. That's right. You don't have to give up nothing right away. Yeah. But if you do what the Word of God says and begin believing in the Word of God, and trusting in the Word of God, what happened is, is you won't want to do any of that other stuff.
1: Right, exactly. You know, uh, these lukewarm Christians that we've been talking about, and even this individual that I'm describing, uh, they love the things of the world. They love the things of the world, and they're unwilling, it seems, to give up things in the world or or to give God the opportunity to change their lives. You know, in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, it teaches love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world, and the world will pass it away, and the lust thereof, but... He that do the will of God will abide forever.
0: I mean, put it on a scale and weigh it out and see how all that comes out for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Keep trying it your way and see how it comes out. Because there'll be a lot of depression and and a lot of disappointment uh, in the ways of the flesh opposed to the ways of God. Sure. You know, a lot of people also think because they become a Christian that everything's going to change right away. Right. And it's not like that. You have That's to work right. on the relationship. That's you right. know, uh uh when you're working on relationships, even with Jesus, is the same it is with those that have a relationship. Uh let's use an example for, with a woman. Uh, and you've just met. Before it can become a real relationship, you have to work on it. You have to meet, you have to talk, and you have to socialize. It's the same way with God. If you're going to build a relationship, you have to have some communication with him. You have to read his word. You have to allow him
1: to change your life. That's right. You know, I I hear more and more. Uh, pastors uh, raising the question of about whether we're uh, sort of slowly inching closer and closer to end times. Now, the scripture tells us that nobody knows when Jesus is going to return, and so nobody can predict that, but 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 tells us there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, And we see
0: a lot of that going on. Absolutely. A lot of that going on. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, I mean, it is really sad. You know, I mean, you know, I've got seven children and, you know, my number one goal was to see all of my children in the house of God. And the only time my children, I shouldn't say the only time my children, because I have Two, three children are just, they're in love with Jesus. But then I have them other four that uh, are not. And they're living just like what you just described. You know, uh, they're lovers of money. They're lovers of the flesh. They love their desires. You know, uh, so, I mean, you see, but you see it all the way around. Just because I'm a pastor, that doesn't change things when it comes to other people. But my job is to share the gospel in such a way
1: that it will impact their lives. Well, that's right. That's right. And, you know, God gave us this thing that we call free will, uh, which is a real gift from God where he allows us to make decisions about our lives, and it's really the only way we can show him we love him is because we have the ability to choose otherwise, and and many do. And in fact, uh, I think scripturally we could argue that most do, unfortunately. Uh, the scripture tells us, you know, that the gates to heaven will be narrow, and it will be difficult for people to uh, to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord, as the Lord of their life. You know, I think over in Revelations, for me anyway, we find the scariest verse in the Bible. And uh, and, uh, I'm sorry, it's not over in Revelations, but where the Bible says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, Lord," will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and then in your name drive out demons and perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Can you only imagine
0: what that could be like for an individual that has sat in a church all of their lives. And all they've done is give dollar bills (laughs) into the offering plate, thinking that they're okay. Right. And then when they arrive in heaven,
1: God said, I never knew you. I never knew you. You know. If we put this in contemporary perspective, we'd say, you know, Lord, I went to church, Uh, I I, I tithed, uh, you know, I I prayed. I even sang in the the gospel band at the church, and, uh, you know, I I helped them with uh, their uh, Wednesday night suppers, and I've done all this for you, Lord. And he looks at you and says, I don't know you. You evil doer away from me.
0: That is so sad. Yeah. It is so sad. You know, as as a pastor, you know, you heard me say earlier that, uh, not everyone in my church is a, is a go-getter. Right. And it's sad. Right. Because I teach that.
1: Right. Exactly. I teach the gospel. Well, Pastor George, uh, I'm delighted to have you on again and glad to have you here today. And as we uh, end this podcast, I just want to say to our listeners on the, on behalf of both me and Pastor George that, uh, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth to give us a way to achieve eternal life with him, eternal life with him. And uh, it it is the greatest love story ever told. And uh, we would be remiss, though, if we didn't talk about these other things that we've been talking about. And that is, um, for those who choose to just uh, constantly lead a life of sin, there are consequences. There are consequences. And today, the great good news is, you don't have to be that person. If you're listening today, uh, this could be the day that you make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. George, thank you so much for being on this podcast today. I look forward to having you on again. I look forward to working with you down here at uh, Daytona this week. May God bless you, brother.
0: I thank you very much, and I, and I do appreciate you also, and I appreciate doing what we do together. Amen.